Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You encourage yourself in the Lord. Remember in the Old Testament, why are you cast down, my soul? Man, put your hope in God. It's speaking to myself. What am I doing down here like this? So sometimes I just have to realize where I'm at and encourage myself in the Lord. These Hebrew converts were told, don't allow anything to keep you from getting back in this race. God was available to empower them. God was able to refresh them in the race. He knew where they were. The Christian life is really easy, unless you're actually trying to become a better follower of Jesus. There are pitfalls and temptations, things and people that want to derail you in your walk with Christ. The believers in the book of Hebrews were facing things in their lives that made them question their choices. You'll hear Pastor Mark teach about these today, as well as the solutions that God, through the writer of Hebrews, gave them. You'll find that they're useful for you in your journey as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he begins his message, God Says, Get Moving. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Hebrews chapter 12. I was going to do Hebrews chapter 12, 12 through 17. I got verse 12 and verse 13, that's as far as I could get. But I think that's exactly what God wants. God says, get moving. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 is about a race. Every single Christ follower, there's a path set in front of you. It's a race that God's designed for you. Satan hates it. He tries to do lots of things to get us off the path. If he can't get us off the path, he gets us discouraged and weary and tired. There will be people here, the race has become too tough for you. You're in a difficult spot right now. It's really hard for you. By the way, if you're a Christian, you've been there. If you say, well, I've never been there, then you're not doing much of a race. You've been there. We've all been weary. We've all come to places where we were discouraged. And the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, is really about this little church in Italy who were Jewish converts that changed and become followers of Christ. They started the race. They'd never been on the race before. You see, a non-believer isn't in this race. You can't be in the race by being a member of a church. 
Let me ask you a question. What is God's part in this? Does God have anything to say to us when we get like that? Second question. What is your part? Is there anything I'm supposed to do when I get discouraged, when I get weary, when I feel that, well, the discipline that God's brought into my life has just kind of knocked me out of the race? And third, first, what's God's role? Second, what's your part? You're the runner. Third, what's the part of other runners, other Christians? Should they be concerned with that? Should they see that? Is there anything they can do? That's what these two verses is all about. Let's review where we're at so you'll understand how this flows in sequence. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. Remember who Paul's writing to. If it is Paul, we think it is. I do. We don't know. It doesn't matter. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Why? Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Now endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons or sons and daughters. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and are really not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits, notice, and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God, being all-knowing, disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. Now the writer understands, and if it is Paul, you understand why Paul knows this. We'll see in a moment. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces, here we get to the key, a harvest of righteousness and peace only for those who have submitted to God and the discipline and have been trained by it. Now, we gave you four keys. Don't need to write them down. You won't have time to write them down. God's discipline is always motivated by his love. Now, what is his discipline? It can be trial, can be a trouble, can be a situation in my life. It could be even a sin. But typically, it's trials and troubles and difficulties that he allows to come in our life. Number two, God's discipline is evidence that we are his sons and daughters. For instance, if a Christian says to you, a Christ follower says to you, well, I never have trouble in my life. I've never been disciplined by God. I don't have any trials. I don't have any tribulations. you got to have like a question like, uh, you may never be part of the family of God. Because we understand in the scripture, we're with every follower of Jesus Christ is going to do this. Remember, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. You absolutely will. Number three, God's discipline is not bad for us. It's actually good for us because it's training us. In the hard areas of life, it's where we learn. 
we rarely learn on the mountaintop. We love the mountaintop. I love the mountaintop. It's joy, it's peaceful. But most of life is really learned the lessons in the valley. And of course, that's when God becomes so real to us because there's no way out. And number four, the result of that, that discipline, well, godly discipline results in a successful and productive lifestyle. In other words, just like Jesus Christ. So remember, why is the writer saying that? Well, he's doing that because Satan is lying to some of these new Christ followers. And he's saying basically this. Well, when you were Jewish and obeyed the law, you didn't have these troubles. In fact, to be honest with you, think about it. It was way better before you became a follower of Christ. And we address that. You remember the key? Sometimes things get worse before they get better. Well, that's exactly what was happening in the life. So Satan is lying to them. When we get weary and tired, very often that's what the enemy does to us. He comes and he knows when to stomp on us. When and the battle is always in the in the mind. And so we begin thinking wrong. So the writer is going to respond to the questions he knows these people are thinking. Well, maybe it was better. Maybe it was easier before. Maybe we just ought to go back. Let's just stop this running. I'm tired. I'm tired of this kind of thing. So look how he responds. Verse 12. Notice the first word. Therefore. When you see a therefore, you have to ask why it's therefore. And it's the connection between what we just read and the solution. And what is the solution? Therefore, the writer says, because you've undergone discipline, because it is hurtful, because sometimes it's difficult for us to understand, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. So the writer knows these are arms that are hanging down and wobbly legs. They're tired. They're discouraged. If any of you are runners and you run, when your legs get a little wobbly, there's not much left. And your hands are just hanging down. You just can't make it. If you're passing somebody like that and you think they're going to finish ahead of you, no problem. Just keep on going because they're in bad shape. So the writer says, therefore, therefore, I know your arms are hanging down. Spiritually, we're speaking. You're tired. You're weary. You're thinking about, I don't think this is worth it. I make this stand and look what happens in my life. So he says, since you know that the trials you're experiencing are allowed by God, we just read that, and God is a loving heavenly father, therefore, yep, it is painful. It is difficult right now. But God is at work in your life and he's training you to be spiritually mature. So what is he really saying to them? First thing to write down. Here's what the writer is saying to them. Get back in the race. Number one, you encourage yourself in the Lord. First thing to do is for me to do it. Now, encouraging myself in the Lord is not getting my bootstraps and, come on, attaboy, let's, let's get moving here. It's understanding there is somebody that wants to do that, and that's God. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his 
mighty power. We're not into the mind games. We're not into these things of convincing myself that I can do it. And if I just say this mantra 20 times or have a soaking prayer, which is another weird thing that's totally off the wall spiritually. If I just sit there and give this mantra, then I'm going to be able to get up and spiritually I'm ready to go again. No, I build myself up in the Lord. And of course, you know what Ephesians 6 is. It's all about the armor of God. It's the word of God. You encourage yourself in the Lord. Remember in the Old Testament, why are you cast down, my soul? Man, put your hope in God. It's speaking to myself. What am I doing down here like this? So sometimes I just have to realize where I'm at and encourage myself in the Lord. These Hebrew converts were told, don't allow anything to keep you from getting back in this race. God was available to empower them. God was able to refresh them in the race. He knew where they were. Now, Next thing I want you to write is this. Godly discipline, the trials, the difficulties, the things we have to work through, they make us a better runner, but not just a better runner, a better long-distance runner. You see, if you just started an exercise program and you start running, and you don't have your goal the first day you're going to run 10 miles. Why are you laughing? Because we already know what's going to happen, don't you? You're going to get to the end of the corner of the first block and go, because <sighs> you haven't been what? You haven't been running. There's no way to do it. You can't. If you ever had got sick and whatever, I can remember way back, and I'm not a runner, but I can remember back after I had my open heart surgery, I was pretty good in shape. And I had my open heart surgery. And I came home after a week, and the doctor said, start exercising. So I'm that kind of a guy. I'm going to push it. My wife knows that. She hates that part about me. But I'm going to push it. So I got out, and I could make it about three houses. (laughs) My chest was killing me where it had been opened up and whatever. My legs, you know, just whatever. And then the next day, three and a half houses. And then five. And a week or two, around the block. And pretty soon, it just took time. But see, there's no way to do it initially. So when God begins to discipline, remember 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He will not allow any trial to come in your life that you can't handle. So he knows how to give it out. And when we're young, he just gives us that which is going to strengthen us. And once I get over that loop, then I'm actually going to be stronger next time. I can do that, again, in his strength. So this produces discipline. Look back to Hebrews chapter 12. You're right there, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with, we've talked about this before, with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us keep our eyes on Jesus, the author perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning a shame, and sat down at the right end of the throne of God. Now consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we have a role model right there. Isaiah 40, 28 says it like this. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all earth. He never grows weary. He never grows weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. So our heavenly coach, if you will, 
who is God. He never gets tired. He never gets weary. He's there for us, and he's there to see me through the race. I can't tough it out in my own strength, but I have to allow God to be my coach and to push me. And very often, the way he pushes me, he allows different things to come into my life that don't go the way I'd like them to go. And so I have to rely on him, and he builds up that stamina. He knows exactly the amount of exercise I need spiritually. He knows the amount of weights that I'm going to do, how many curls I can do, and he allows that to come in my life. Now, if you didn't have the promise of 1 Corinthians 10, none of us could make the race. Because there's some things, and you've seen this in your life, you've looked at other Christ followers and you go, I don't know how they're making it. I don't know how they're getting through with that. If that was me, I couldn't make it. Well, that could be true. You don't know that until it happens in your life, but it isn't you. God knew that person. But it isn't their mm, strength. It's God's strength in them. We have to submit ourselves to him, and that's what happens in this discipline. Now, this whole verse, verse 13 that we were at, comes out of Proverbs 4. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. And keep your feet from following evil. So as we're doing all of this, remember back in verse 1 of chapter 12, it talked about sins and weights. I didn't mention this when we went through it. There's a very common phrase with that. It's a good thing for you to write in your Bible as you're contemplating things that you're doing in your life, not sin, sin is always wrong, but a weight. Good things that probably wrong priorities. But if it's a priority, just put a little note in your Bible. Is it a weight or is it a wing? In other words, if what I'm doing is a good thing, but it's not the best thing, then it's actually going to be a weight. It's going to slow me down in my race. But if it's a wing... It's going to help me move along in my race. And so I can't answer that question for you. But you can answer it. As you're contemplating doing things, is it a weight or is it a wing? Not talking about sin. Sins are wrong. But that's where you have to do this self-examining kind of thing to see what's really happening in your life. Now, you heard me say this, and I think this comes from Adrian Rogers, or it may not be Adrian, maybe somebody else, but it's a great thing. I've got it stuck in my brain now. Glance at your problem, but gaze on the Lord, because the Lord is your solution. So when you have the problem, glance at it. All that means is don't focus on it all the time. If you're focused on the problem all the time, you'll never see the solution, because I'm always focused. When Peter was on the water... When he had his eyes on Jesus, did he have a trouble? He had no trouble. When he looked down and saw the waves, he went, how in the world am I doing this? He was gone. So he gazed on Jesus, and he was doing great. When he started to gaze on the water, it's over. Maybe you're here, and all you can think about is that situation that's in front of you. That's where your focus is. Take it off that. Look at 
Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Who lies before you? Jesus. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on that. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So just go forward. Go forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And I have to say that to myself. I have to do that. Remember the first point? Get back in the race. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So sometimes I just absolutely have to do that in this quiet time that I have for the Lord. Now, how do I encourage myself in the Lord? Here's a great one. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Sometimes I need, you'll understand this term, you need a second wind. You're walking and you're running or exercising and you're kind of losing. All of a sudden, you kind of, it comes back again. Sometimes that happens to you at work. You start off, you had your coffee in the morning, you got going, going pretty good, and then there's no coffee and whatever, and eat this big lunch, and man, you're like about had it and whatever, and all of a sudden you catch this second wind again, and you start again. Well, that's what I'm talking about. My second wind is going to come from my mouth. If I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord, I'm going to have to pray to God. Now, this verse, let's remind ourselves, Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I don't want to focus on the problem. I want to focus on the solution. The solution is always God. God, whatever you're doing in here, give me strength. Maybe you won't show me everything that's happening, but I know you're my heavenly father. I know you're a loving God. I know it's good for me. It isn't sin. I'm not talking about sin. It isn't sin. So it is something that you want to work in and through my life. Give me the strength to do it. So we can approach that throne of grace anytime. We can open the word of God and meditate on it. And then what I like to do sometimes is simply pray the word of God. By the way, if you pray the word of God, you're always in the will of God. Because that is the will of God. So I'll just use some verses sometimes and pray that. Now, the next thing I wrote, you don't need to write down, but it's a great reminder to you. God is somebody who, well, to be honest, you don't have to make an appointment with him. Notice this next statement. God is the best counselor in the world. He's reasonable. And he's on call 24-7. Do you know that God's reasonable? He's free. He says, come to me anytime. Try that at a doctor's office. <laughs> Try that at a counseling office. Won't happen. Where's your insurance? Where's your forms? We understand it. They have to make a living. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. So how am I to approach him? I'm just to go to him and say, God, I don't understand. I'm really weary. Can you help me? Yes, he can. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me insight. Help me to take my mind off the problem and focus it on my loving Heavenly Father. You're doing stuff in my life. You want me to learn. Show me what you're doing in my life. Now, back to Hebrews 12, 13. Now, this verse has really two applications, two ways that we're going to go with it. And I think it's a beautiful picture. And that's why I think God just stopped me as I was going to finish the other things on bitterness and peace and grace. Verse 13, make level paths for your feet 
so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Today, Pastor Mark reminded you that every Christ follower is in what the Bible calls a race. You were told that you have an opponent, not the other runners in the race, but Satan. He wants ideally to get you off the race altogether. But if you can't do that, he'll settle for putting roadblocks in your way. Pastor Mark talked about how to avoid those potholes and run strong. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, God Says, Get Moving. He'll be talking about weights and wings and how the opportunities that come your way, even though good things, might not be the best thing for you at the time. Pastor Mark will provide a biblical way to figure out which is which and to keep running strong for God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living.